It's that time again, fellers, as Jock Journal presents The Free Parking Show. Just a bunch of country boys who have a lot to say about sports. They invite you to call in, text, or just listen in. So pull up a comfy chair and crack open a beer. It's time to talk sports, chicks, and flicks. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Free Parking Show here on Jock Journal Radio. Uh, we're a man short tonight as Rich couldn't make it, but I'm still uh, joined here by uh, Peter and Amos. How are you guys doing tonight? No, doing fantastic. How are you? Doing great, doing great. We're going to have a, a packed show for you tonight. We have all of the preview, or previews from all four of... Uh, the wild card games coming up this weekend. We are going to talk about the latest news from around the NFL, uh, and we're even going to end the show tonight with our Super Bowl picks. So make sure you're in for that. As always, you can call into the show at four zero five five six two five four six three, or text us at seven seven nine four eight. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, before we get into the show, like always, we're going to start here with Peter's rant. What do you have for us tonight, Peter? Mine is about Rex Ryan. We were just talking about this before the show. Uh, Jersey, you all know by now, and it wasn't, I don't think, national breaking news in the NFL, but the Bills ownership is giving Rex Ryan and the general manager one more year to get to the Bills, <clears throat> get the bills for the playoffs, uh, what they're both going to lose their jobs in. But most of the time, I think it's ridiculous to uh, get a bit of a head, head coach after two years, and we'll be talking about another one of those a little bit later in the show, Lovey Smith. Um, Rex Ryan, if he doesn't make the playoffs next year, does deserve, does deserve to be fired. And the reason I say that is this guy came into Buffalo guaranteeing a playoff. And like he always does, he goes to a team, makes a guarantee, and then can't back it up. With the Jets, there was three three years of Super Bowl promises. Two years they fell short in the AFC title game. And then the third year they finished 8-8, eight and eight, which in the season finale, Santonio Holmes apparently was upset with Mark Sanchez and he was benched. Uh, since then, Rex Ryan, hasn't had a win- Rex Ryan hasn't had a winning season since since his second season with the New York Jets. Um, if he does get fired next year, if they don't make the playoffs, I don't feel bad for him. The guy talks a lot of trash, can't back it up. He seems to be more obsessed with the Patriots and, and Bill Belichick when they play them than about his own damn team. Um, you know, Rex Ryan, to me, is just living off his father's legacy. He's a great defensive mind. Rex Ryan is a good defensive coach, but as a head coach, he's not. He's an offensive coordinator disguised as a head coach. And this past year, the offense actually looked pretty good for Buffalo, but his defense was terrible. You don't you don't take a $250 million defensive line and not use it. If first Ryan gets fired, I don't feel bad for him. And this is the right thing by the Bills, or, by the Bills brass. This team has suffered long enough. They went to four straight Super Bowls, didn't win any of them, although they did, they did lose to some great talent. And then they had playoffs, I don't know how long. And then this idiot comes in and says, we're going to go to the playoffs, and then you go 8-8, eight eight, you can't even make the playoffs. Give me a break. This guy's a joke, and he'll probably be out of Buffalo in 2016 when the season's over, and I don't feel bad for him at all. Wow, strong words there, Peter. Uh, I'm gonna. I will say this: I do think he's living off yeah. of his, his. I do think he's living off of his daddy's coattails uh, because of what Bud Ryan was able to do. I think that Rob Ryan does the same thing. Uh, but I will say that I, I just don't like this mentality that we have now in in coaching in the NFL, where guys get one or two seasons and then they're out the door. I mean, it used to be you had like four or five years to get the guys that you need. 
um, you know, around your team so you can build for the future. But now, I mean, like Ken Wisenhunt uh, for the Tennessee Titans didn't even get two years. Uh, we saw Hugh Jackson when he was at the Raiders. Uh, he had an 8-8 eight and eight team and still got fired after one year. Chip Kelly, with even with all like this stuff that's been going on, you, he went ten wins, ten wins, seven wins. Uh, I mean that would, would that wouldn't get you fired at all, anywhere close to fired back in the day. Uh, I do not like the mentality that you know coaches have uh, no time at all uh, with the team uh, before they're fired if they don't have immediate success. Um, and we'll talk about that again later when we, when we bring up Lovey Smith, who I think didn't get uh, nearly enough time. Uh, what do you think, Amos? Do you have anything to say on this? Yeah, no, I mean, Rex is a guy who, he, he just talks, and I think the ultimate scenario, which cracks me up, is that he gets another year there, does terrible, gets fired, Matt Patricia goes somewhere, and he works under Belichick. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, we'll move on uh, into the NFL news. Now, we got a lot of NFL news. Let's start here. Uh, with Lovey Smith that we just brought up. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Lovey Smith was canned last night by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after just two seasons with the team. Uh, you know, I'm going to start off with you, Peter. What do you think about this? Do you think it was the right call, the right move for Tampa Bay? Absolutely not. Um, and if this has anything to do with them keeping their offensive coordinator, that's even more shameful. And the fact that they did it over the phone, to me, that's cowardly. Lovey Smith, to me, here's the thing. Lovey Smith was handed a team uh, back at the start of 2014 season that needed some that needed a lot of fixing. Um, they had a really bad year. They ended up with the top pick because um, McCown didn't turn out to be the quarterback. I thought, and maybe many thought, he could be in Tampa Bay after that special season with Chicago. Then you draft the rookie quarterback in Jameis Winston, and 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 um. <clears throat> And then you want to give him one year for Jameis Winston. I, and I don't understand what the logic in that is now. You can make the argument that maybe that maybe somewhere they didn't get along, but I think they get along just fine. I mean, uh, for Lovey Smith to want to take a guy like Jameis Winston who has um, checkered pa- who does have a checkered past, um, to me it, it signals that maybe he had some faith in him. And if you're going to tell me that, Bobby Smith should have been fired after two seasons with not being able to put his hands on the team much. That's ridiculous. And, and you look at the statistics. They were fifth in yards per game. Uh, they were fifth in rush yards per game. Um, not, not 17th in pass, but when you have a rookie quarterback, what do you expect? 20, 20th in scoring. And then you look at the defensive side of the ball. They weren't bad on the defensive side of the ball this year either. And I, I just think it's just a shame that they fired him. There was no reason for him to be like Owen. I especially with a rookie, you know, a guy that's going into a second year in the NFL, the QB, you just gotta, there's no excuse for that in my opinion. And uh, Tampa May made a huge mistake in my opinion by letting him go because he really, really, I thought had a good grip on this team. Players liked him and they were pissed on go. What do you say, Amos? Well, I'm not a, like per se a big fan of Lovey Smith coaching. I think he had a great defense in Chicago, but at Tampa Bay, only two years. Yeah, I think that's. I don't think that. I don't find it fair at all. I think he's a guy who, like Peter said, that defense wasn't bad. They were coming together. Uh, Levante David, Quan Alexander, Gerald McCoy. I mean, they have a lot of pieces on that defense. Offensively, Winston, Mike Evans, Vincent Jackson, Doug Martin came back, had a huge bounce back season. 
thought that team played fairly well, especially for having mm-hmm. a rookie quarterback. I don't understand the concept of just, oh, it's, you know, two years, you're done. It's no time to build a system at all. Like, I, I, three years, because whoever comes into this job is going to have a bunch of pieces to work with. And pending free agency and draft, they could make a huge splash in the NFC South next year. It, I mean, they could be, they could win the division if Carolina stumbles. I just, yeah, I don't find it fair at all because I think Lovey Smith helped build that team and whoever comes in, I mean, they're going to do well and Lovey Smith deserves that credit. I'm going to completely agree with both of you here. Uh, I think he did uh, a pretty good job at the coaching. you got to remember two years ago, this team, his first year in, he inherited a pretty bad team. They won three games uh, the entire season um, and were the first pick of the draft. Uh, and then, you know, this year, come back, get six wins. They were very competitive, uh, even in even in their losses, especially in their division. You know, they played um, the Saints and the Falcons both pretty tight. Uh, and they, you know, they were in a very tough division this year with the best team in football, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, so I thought they'd played excellent. They do have the building blocks. He had a rookie QB this year who had a fantastic season. Um, you know, they have the right pieces there. There is a rumor, you know, and I don't know how much truth uh, or if it holds any water at all or not, but there's a rumor that their offensive coordinator, Cutter, uh, he's very close with Jameis Winston. The reason that they let Lovey Smith go was to keep uh, Cutter on because they they thought he might jump at one of these head coach openings. uh, So they they got rid of him so they could keep Cutter in there with Winston because of that relationship, which to me you got to think is so... Like unfair to Levy Smith because one of the most important things you do as a head coach is you build your staff around you. So he's basically getting fired because he was too good at building the staff around him. I mean, I mean, it's incredible. How many coaches got fired in order for Tampa Bay to uh, go? Hey guys, we can't lose Dirk Cotter. We can't. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, it's it, it, it yeah, blows my that's mind. me. No, go ahead, Peter. It, it bothers me that that's the reason why that, that irritates me a little bit because to me that shows me that you don't respect Lovey Smith, in my opinion. Um, that's just how I feel. And Tampa Bay, you know, uh, there's a reason why Tampa Bay has stunk for a long time. So I'm just going to leave it at that. All right. Uh, we're going to move on to the next thing here, next uh, news we have for you. Um, of course, uh, you know everybody's probably heard by now, but the finalists have been announced uh, for the Hall of Fame, and there's, I mean, it's a stacked class. We were just talking about this, and it is a loaded class. So many deserving names in this list. Uh, Amos, I believe you got all the names for us, real quick, to read off here. I do. Uh, we'll go ahead and start. First one is Morton Anderson, kicker. Second is Steve Atwater, safety. Uh, third is Dan Coriel, coach. Terrell Davis, running back. Tony Dungy, coach. Alan Fanick, guard. Brett Favre, quarterback. Kevin Green, linebacker, defensive end. Marvin Harrison, wide receiver. Joe Jacoby, tackle. Edron James, running back. John Lynch, free safety. Terrell Owens, wide receiver. Orlando Pace, tackle. Finally, Kurt Warner, quarterback. I mean, man, what a stacked class. I mean, Warner, you got Favre. Orlando Pace, you know, was one of the best in his position the entire time he was in the NFL. 
Uh, I mean, there's Dungey, of course. Air Coriel, which is surprising that he's not in the Hall of Fame already. Uh, I mean, a really stacked class. I mean, we were talking before the show, and you have to assume that Brett Favre is on this tick. I mean, he's making it this year. Uh, wouldn't you both agree with that? I think Brett yeah, Favre absolutely. Makes, absolutely. I think he's, he has to be. Yeah, then it, then it becomes a little bit more interesting. I mean, Harrison, he definitely deserves to go there, but, I mean, with this stat class, we make it. I think Dungy's a guy that's going to make it this year. Um, Dan Coriel deserves to make it, absolutely, for what he was able to do with the, with the Chargers um, of the 80s. Uh, and, you know, the very, you know, they had like the very first really good passing offense of the NFL, um, and he was the first guy to incorporate a tight end heavily into the passing game with uh, Kevin Winslow. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of good names. In there. Is there anybody that you think is in this list uh, that deserves to make it that that just might not this this year, but will um, in years to come? Oh, let's go ahead, Peter. Sorry, can you ask that question again? My thing. Right, I'll, I'll go with. Yeah, the question oh. is, um, right, out, of, out of some of these guys, you know, there's there's such a stacked class that there's going to be some of these guys that won't make it this season, um, but you know, deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Do any of these guys pop out as one of those guys that's not going to make it this year, but but deserves it down the road? Something tells me Kurt Warner might not make it again this year, but I think he deserves to be in it because he took two teams that have historically played some pretty bad football in the Rams and the um, and the Cardinals in the Super Bowl, going one and two, uh, one and one with the Rams, and unfortunately all in one with the Cardinals. And I was I'm not gonna I was really heartbroken when they lost that Super Bowl because I really wanted Kurt Warner to win it. Um, that would be my pick for it if I had to pick one, and I think maybe Marvin Harrison might not make it this season. But he definitely deserves to be in it because that guy was so good. But he was a great talent for the Indianapolis Colts, and him and Peyton Manning made a lot of magic for all the years together in Indy. Yeah, if I had to go, I think the guy who deserves to be in there probably won't make it this year because of the class being so stacked is John Lynch. I mean, playing at Tampa and Denver, such a hard-hitting safety and just just so smart knew the game inside and out understood you know how the offense just a time and just film study i mean everything about him is very impressive from on the field play to off the field you know doing personal life or staying out of trouble you know being in the film room weight room getting with your team practice i mean this guy's a consummate pro i i think he deserves to be in there but i just don't know if he'll make it this year I completely agree with Lynch. Uh, you know, such an amazing player, uh, and definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But this is a, such a stat class, uh, and I mean, there's a lot of guys in this class that really deserve to be in there. But when you have that many guys like that, uh, it's really creating like a, a bog on the system. Where I think that you know, for the next couple of years, it's it. You, hopefully, these guys squeak in, uh, are able to get in, like Warner and Lynch. Um, now, of course, Harrison deserves to be there. A lot of Colts in this class with Edron James. You got Harrison. You got Tony Dungy. A lot of Colt-heavy class. Um, I'm moving on to one more thing here before we hit the the break. Uh, I wanted to to bring this up since you know I'm the lone Titans fan on the show. Uh, you two and Rich are are all Patriots fans. 
your boy up there, Josh McDaniels, has uh, shown a lot of interest in Tennessee. I actually wrote an article about it today on Jock Journal if you want to check it out. But he's interested in taking the job, the head coaching job in Tennessee. Uh, what do you guys think of this? I think it's I like it. I think the um, things I he think can do with great. Mariota. Go ahead, Peter. No, go ahead and finish because I want, I want, you, you're making a very good argument here. Go ahead and finish. <laughs> All right. I think McDaniels is a great fit for that. I think the things he'll be able to do with Mariota and that offense. I Because I, Josh McDaniels is a very good offensive coordinator. And you've seen flashes of things he did with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a little more mobile, can escape the pocket, make plays, and make plays with his legs. I think Mariota is a guy like that. I think he'll protect Mariota, and I, I think he'll develop him into the best quarterback that Mariota can possibly be. I, I have nothing but high praise for Josh McDaniels, and I think he deserves that job. I think he's a great fit, and I think that division should be, be worried if he gets in there. Yeah, I think Mariota would be a great fit for um, for Tennessee. And, I'm sorry, uh, McDaniels and Mariota would be a really good um, fit together because McDaniels, when he was in there, he obviously failed. Um, he made some questionable moves, but looking back, making the Jay Cutler move was great because Jay Cutler is a turnover machine and Brandon Marshall. Who knows what was going on with those two? Um, but I think it'd be good. I mean, and it would be because he'll have the quarterback. He'll have a quarterback already. Uh, being an offensive-minded coach of that team would be better because Dick LeBeau, I'm assuming Dick LeBeau is going to stick around. You know, Ryan, I don't know if you're going to anything different, but I think Dick LeBeau, they should keep him. Justin McDaniel should come in and um, tailor an offense to Marcus Mariota's skill set. And by doing that, it'll allow McDaniel's the power to hopefully go out and draft and sign free agents on the offensive side to put into his team that he's running in New England. And, um, you know, I'm obviously, obviously as a Patriots fan, I've watched McDaniels and Brady work together for, for a while. McDaniels has done a great job. You know, he's helped, he helped uh, bring the Lombardi back to New England last season. And, and, you know, he can't say anything more than that. That was great. And I think his offense is a, is a great offense. Um, I don't know if he'd use the same with Marcus Mariota in town in, in Tennessee, but if he could use one where Marcus Mariota gets out of space, we can – he can run the ball maybe a little bit, but uh, run out sideline to sideline and throw the ball uh, down the field, short, medium passes. Um, and, and McDaniels is a, is a master of uh, creating a short passing attack. I look at Tom Brady's short, medium range. Um, he can make Delaney Walker the tight end there. Probably be one of the best ones because he's made Rob Gronkowski look phenomenal. Although Rob Gronkowski is a great tight end alone, but the two of them work together pretty well. Um, but I think you look at the pieces that he has there in place in offense, he might be some superstars out of those players, in my opinion. He could, and I think it's possible, and I think he'd be a great fit for Tennessee. No, I completely agree. I'm excited about this. I'd love to see uh, McDaniel in Tennessee being a Titans fan. I think he's an excellent coach. Uh, you've seen everything he, everything he's done outside of Denver it has been uh, spectacular. Um you know he's been he was there for all four of uh, the Patriots Super Bowls in some fashion. Um, you know that he had the record-setting season in '07 when the Patriots set the record for most points scored and most touchdowns scored in a season, and he was the you know ran that offense, called plays on that offense, um, and then you saw in 2008, uh, you know Brady goes down for the entire season and he goes 11 and five with Matt Castle, which looking at Matt Castle now just seems like miracle work. I mean, 
uh, I just think that they, the next thing he had to do <laughs> at the end of that season, Josh McDaniel just like walked out in Boston off the harbor and just walked on the water because that was the next step in miracles, winning going eleven and five with Matt Castle, just out, outstanding. Um, he did have the the rough years with Denver, as you mentioned, kind of, you know, kind of forced uh, Cutler out, um, which you know Cutler's not that great, but where's Orton, you know, now, which they ended up getting for him, and then. <laughs> And then they, he pushes Brandon Marshall out of the door, who we saw this year is one of the best wide receivers in the league. Uh, and then the whole videotaping scandal, uh, you know, which he got in trouble for. But, um, you know, I mean, you know, he's from the Patriots system, so he's going to cheat. I swear, like, damn. <laughs> I'm just messing with you guys, but for real, uh, I'd be very excited for him to come here. I think that he tried to be a little bit too hard nosed, um, and when he was in the defense or when he was running uh, the Broncos, mind you. Uh, but I think that he's, you know, he's matured more since then. I think he's ready for this now. He's, you know, uh, 39, which is still really young uh, for a coach. But what he's been able to do uh, with the Patriots' offense, especially considering all of the injuries, I mean. Not just to the skill position players, but that offensive line, uh, I mean, has been, you know, through shambles, and he still makes it work, and they still have been very successful. Uh, I'm very excited about the possibility of him coming. Uh, but we got to head into our first commercial break here. You're listening to the Free Parking Show on Jock Journal Radio. Well, the boys are talking, and the show is really moving along. But we need to take a break before a fight breaks out. People end up in the hospital. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back now, you hear? <laughs> that boy's good. Mm-hmm, good and terrible. How would you love to generate a great income from the comfort of your home? Well, now you can. This amazing money-making home-based business is designed to give you time and freedom. Would your life change if you made $10,000 within 21 days and $20,000 plus every month thereafter? Sounds amazing, right? Anyone can do it, even you. Call 800-704-8681 and let their expert staff tell you all about this brand new business opportunity. Why wait? You have nothing to lose. We have the tools, training, resources, and community to help anyone get on the fast track to success. Call 800-704-8681. That's 800-704-8681. It's the easiest, most powerful home-based money-making system on the web. Call today and change your life. one 7 cars for kids cards for kids one eight seven seven cards for kids donate your card today one eight seven seven cards for kids k-a-r-s cars for kids one eight seven seven cars for kids donate your car today also on the web at carsforkids.com that's cars with a k We're a recognized 501c3 charity organization, so you'll receive a maximum tax deduction. What's more, you'll receive a free vacation voucher of three days and two nights. 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS K-A-R-S, cars for kids 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS Donate your car today. 
Are you looking for the web's best sports news? Visit jockjournal.com. Sports media has lost its touch. It seems that journalists are scared to report what they see for fear of losing access to the teams they cover. At jockjournal.com, you get inside info on the entire NFL community without all the politics or fears other writers have. That's jockjournal.com. When you need the NFL sports news, information, opinions, fantasy football, or discussions, there's only one place to go and it's jockjournal.com okay the boys have settled down one has a beard in and the other has a stake on his eye why don't you give them a call and tell them what you think all right here you are listening to the free parking show here on jock journal radio uh we have a lot more in store for you as we're going to head into the previews. We've got some more NFL news, uh, the Super Bowl picks, of course. Give us a call at 405-562-5463 or text in at 77948. Uh, we'd love to hear your opinions on everything we're talking about. We actually had uh, one of the guys earlier, um, a friend of ours, Frank Sprankle from the Sports Drive Show, say uh, that... Kurt Warner is the best symbol of the NFL. Uh, and I don't want to bring it up real quick. He has to be the best story the NFL has ever seen, right? Like, he was stocking uh, groceries one week at a Kroger's, and, like, you know, the next week uh, starting uh, football, you know, starting a quarterback in the NFL. That has to be the best story you've ever heard, isn't it? Oh, it is. Yeah, I think you it know, is. That was expecting to be the class act. Nice guy. You know, I, I can't say anything bad about him. He's just one of the nicest people probably ever. <laughs> what do you think, Avis? Oh, man. I think it's a great story, too. I apologize about that. I, I think he's, I mean, it's an, it is. I'm surprised. There will probably eventually be a movie about it. It'll be very inspiring. You know, I, I, I'm kudos to him. I think he deserves to be in there. I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's a great symbol. He, stayed out of trouble he did what you were supposed to do as a professional super bowl winning quarterback and i yeah i think he had an amazing career and he's done a lot for football he really has and absolutely good story a a good person you know the guy fought hard he played arena football played in europe i think he played in canada as well uh finally got a shot and then he's uh you know he i think he holds the record for top two uh, passing performances in a Super Bowl, most yardage ever in a Super Bowl. He's first and second place. Uh, absolutely great career, um, an absolutely amazing story. Um, did you guys have any uh, NFL news that you wanted to get it to before we head into the uh, previews for the wild card? Would you start Brock Osweiler over Peyton Manning? Oh, here we go. Good question here, Peter. You want to take this one first? Yeah, I will. Um, and this was actually something I found interesting. They went to Peyton Manning uh, for the divisional round game. And this is something we had talked about on the show before, that we thought that Peyton Manning would rest until the playoffs. And he pretty much did until they had to pull him in against San Diego. And, you know, a lot of people I'm hearing were giving Peyton Manning, sorry, <clears throat> were giving Peyton Manning a lot of praise for how well they looked with him in the game. And I don't want to take anything away from Peyton Manning. I really don't, but... He threw nine passes. Uh, the running game has been so hot and cold. I'm not really surprised um, that the running game turned up. Maybe maybe they played inspired for Peyton Manning, but 
let's be honest, the offense didn't look that good under Peyton Manning for most of the season except for the Green Bay game. So people need to calm down with complimenting him all of a sudden out of nowhere for bringing the team back and winning the game against the Chargers, who really should have been. The Chargers are so bad that they had five takeaways and they couldn't even win the damn game. Okay, so I understand you want to start Peyton Manning and let him ride off into the sunset, and I agree with it. Um, because you want to make sure that he can win a Super Bowl on his own instead of Brock Osweiler in the playoffs. But I don't know how I feel about Peyton Manning going forward as an offensive quarterback in the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to win their first, win the divisional round because that defense can only do so much failing now with Peyton Manning at quarterback with the mistakes he's made. And, you know, the, 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 the main difference between these two is that Peyton Manning can only really attack the middle of the field now. Um, I've heard people talk about it on the radio. And then you look at um, Brock Osweiler, he can throw the ball all over the lot. But maybe Pete Manning's arm will be at full strength as long as his foot's doing okay. But I think it's the right move to start Pete Manning because you want to give him the, you want him to be the reason why they win the Super Bowl as, as a starting quarterback. It's didn't mean the backup and possibly being a second string QB if Brock Osweiler was to win the Super Bowl. That'd be a little bit embarrassing of an end, in my opinion, for Pete Manning's career. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree a little bit here, Peter. Uh, I I said like as soon as he got hurt um, this season, I said on the show that they need to rest him uh, the whole season if they can, and then uh, play him only in the playoffs. And they were able to get there. Uh, now it's time to play him. He's had a long time to rest. You know, he gets this week off too uh, to rest and get back 100. Um, percent And I think if we if you get uh, Peyton Manning at 100 uh, percent completely healthy that we're going to see Peyton Manning from the beginning of last season. Um, if you remember, you know, having started off the season with that seven-touchdown game, and I th- I'm calling it right now, and I think that this team's going to be super dangerous. I think that Peyton Manning's going to uh, quiet all the doubters. I think he still has that arm. I just think he's dealt with the shoulder injury. He's still, I mean, still, the, I think, the smartest player to ever play the game, uh, football IQ. Uh, we've never seen anything like it uh, outside of Peyton Manning. Uh, absolutely fantastic player, and I think that he's going to show everybody that he still has it. I think that he is going to ride off into the sunset. Um, you know, him and Papa John and and all of uh, his commercials and whatnot. I think he's <laughs> he's an outstanding player, and I think he's going to show. I think he's going to show that he has enough left in the tank to be very dangerous in the postseason. And maybe even make a run at that Super Bowl. And I think that he's the must-start here. Um, unless, you know, of course there's an injury. Uh, I think that you have to go with Peyton Manning. Yeah, I agree. I think you have to go with Peyton. Or, I'm sorry, no. Ugh. I would go with Brock for one fact. is I think Peyton would do well in Indy still in the Dome. But I think the outside weather was like getting cold. And I don't trust the Broncos' run game. I don't think Peyton can push it down the field like Brock can, and I would take Brock's athleticism, arm strength, and I would try to put get that to push me through. That's a good point here. One more thing uh, before we head into this, uh, the wild card here is, uh, they're saying for the, actually, you know what, I'll save it. I'll save it because it has to do with one of the wild card games, so I'll save it until we get to there. Um, let's start them out right here. The first game will be the Kansas City Chiefs at the Houston Texans. This one will be 4.35 p.m. Eastern time. Um, it's looking like a good matchup here, but a lot of people, I think, are, are taking one team, and I don't think you're going to see a lot of change here. Uh, Peter, what do you say about this game? 
City Houston. Well, this this is a tough one to make my mind up on. Um, sheesh, this one kind of stumped me a little bit, but I think Kansas City wins this game. Um, because they 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 have a, a great defense in my opinion. They have a stout defense. Maybe not as great as some of the other ones in the NFL, but they have a stout defense that can stop teams. And I think that um, running a 10-game win streak into the playoffs gives them a lot of confidence. And this is nothing against Houston or Bill O'Brien, but the problem is that this team has a quarterback carousel that seems to just never end. Now, the defense has shown up as late, but my question is, can their offense put up points um, on the board against Kansas City's defense? I think Kansas City has a better offense in my in my opinion, um, based on just Alex Smith not shooting over the football, you look at a guy like Brian Hoyer. Um, he definitely has uh, he definitely has had his had his issues. And then you look at their backups; they're not really anything to write home about. So, if Hoyer goes down or they bench him, I think Kansas City wins this game. It won't be by much. I think it's going to be a field goal. It'll be between three three and six points to win the game by. But I just don't trust Houston's offense right now enough. To, uh, against Kansas City's defense, even though it's in Houston, I, I still I haven't seen Houston in a playoff game with Bill O'Brien yet, so I'm not exactly sure to what to expect from them. But I don't exactly see the see the Texans winning this game. What do you say, Amos? I'm actually going to disagree. I'm going to go. I think the Texans are going to win this game. Outside of the Patriots game, the Texans have actually played very well last few weeks, even with the injury at quarterback when Hoyer went out and then Gates went out for the season. And I, everything Texans defense, J.J. Watt's been playing very well lately, just coming off a three-sack game. Brian Cushing, uh, Kevin Johnson, Kareem Jackson, I think they're all great. I think they have a better defense, I do. I know Justin Houston's coming back for Kansas City, but he may not be 100%. He may just be in that game because they're going to need to win to advance, obviously. And I, I trust DeAndre Hopkins to make a play for me than I do Jeremy Macklin. I know Macklin's great off screens. I know he can go deep. But Hopkins can make some incredible catches at some incredible times. And him and Brian Hoyer have a very good connection. And I just I like Hoyer more than I like Smith in this game. I'm going to take – Even the, with Marcus Peters covering DeAndre. <laughs> I was about to say, uh, that's a big factor for me. Marcus Peters, uh, I think, tied for first um, in the NFL uh, for interceptions. Absolutely astounding season this young man's had for a rookie year. Uh, and I think the Kansas City is going to take this, and I don't think it's going to be close. Uh, I just don't see the talent, you know, that um, – when you compare these two teams, I don't see the talent – matching up well for Houston uh first if you take the two offenses here uh, I think I think that uh you know the Alex Smith is the best quarterback that's going to be on the field I think that they've really found a great way in replacing Charles since he's gone down uh you know uh West has really stepped up he's had some really big games for them um you and then like the wide receivers really playing well. Travis Kelsey's been playing well. This offensive line has been holding up. Uh, you know they're the unsung heroes in Kansas City right now. They've been playing excellent. Then on that defense, this defense might be the the best not talked about defense in the NFL. They've been playing outstanding uh, this season. Uh, and the other factor for me in this, um, and I know Houston's got the home field. But Kansas City has all the momentum. They haven't lost a game. They won 10 straight to finish the season. Uh, you know, they're the hottest team in the NFL right now. They're playing lights out, uh, you know, every week. Uh, 
playing at the top level. They've really, really impressed me. I really like this team. I like how hot they are. And I don't. I think they win this game, and I think they might be dangerous to win another. Uh, the way that they've been playing is absolutely uh, amazing. I'm very impressed by the way this team's played. Very impressed by the way that Alex Smith's played. Uh, for all you 49ers fans out there, I'm sorry. Because this, this was your guy before you let him go for Kaepernick, and you saw how that worked out. <laughs> Uh, I'm taking the 49ers here, and I think the 49ers are going to end up winning this game uh, by at least 10 points, I'm saying. Um, moving on into the next game here, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Kansas or the Kansas City Cincinnati Bengals at 8.15 p.m. This is the late-night Saturday game. Uh, the divisional rivalry here. Uh, you know they split this series this uh, this season, but you know Kansas City won it, and then Pittsburgh injures Andy Dalton um, in the beginning of that game, and then goes on to win it. But it looks like Dalton's going to be back to play this game. Peter, uh, who's going to win this one? I was going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers, but. Um... I don't know if Andrew Williams is going to go in this game. And I called into with the Matt Nash last night to get my thoughts on this. Actually, it's funny you asked this question. Um, so I'm going to take the Bengals. It's in Cincinnati. They have one of the better defenses in the NFL. And without, without, I mean, without Andrew Williams, the Steelers, you already don't have Le'Veon Bell, who was out for the season. And then you without Andrew Williams, who had a great season, in my opinion, for the Steelers. You're going to go up against. The uh, I believe it's the second ranked defensive. Um, sorry, the defensively, the Bengals have allowed their seventh. I'm sorry, just look at this last year. There, um, let's see. Sorry about this. They're, they're defensively, they're very sound. I mean, they've had a great, yeah, second in points allowed on defense with 17.4. They're seventh in rush yards allowed with 92.3. So now you're going to have to go in with whoever the running back's going to be against one of the best rush defenses and best scoring defenses in the NFL. I'm not, exactly sure, I'm not exactly sure if Big Ben and company and the receivers are going to be able to do enough against the Bengals. Um, very talented secondary without a running game. Um, I don't think I don't care if it's Dawn or McCarron. Starting one of those QBs, in my opinion, will make mistakes to lose this game. McCarron, he knows how to win games and how to win big games. He did it in college with Alabama. And I know the NFL is different, but I think if he has to start, they'll run the ball a lot, no matter who starts, because they can run the ball. And they can throw the ball effectively too. And I think Pittsburgh, if they have to go point, I'm sorry, <clears throat> go point for point with the Bengals, they're not going to be able to do it without a running game. In, in the playoffs, you need a running game in order to try to make the Super Bowl. You look at the uh, the two remaining teams in last year's Super Bowl. The Patriots ran the ball very well against the Indianapolis Colts to make it, and the Seahawks can run the ball very well. I don't see the Steelers being able to do that without Daniel Williams um, as running back and. I'm going to have to roll the Bengals here, and I'm a little bit surprised. If Williams was playing, I'd take the Steelers, but no run game, no win, in my opinion, in the playoffs. It's just in Cincinnati where it's supposed to be cold this week. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to go with the Bengals as well, and I'm actually going to go with the same reasons. I think you brought up some great points there. That defense is playing very good in the absence of Andy Dalton. They understand that they have a young quarterback that they have to protect, and I think that secondary – I think they can get to Antonio Brown, especially Martavis Bryant. Uh, last few weeks I've seen people have been playing more press coverage on him, and he's just not been beating them. And when he has, he's been open, and he just makes uh, like almost basically no play on the ball. 
And with the Bengals, I think their running game will be better because I think even with Dalton back in the lineup, that game plan for the day is going to be the same. It's going to be hand the ball off and throw and third down if you have to. And I think having Tyler Eifert back on that offense is going to be the biggest help for whoever played at quarterback in this game, especially McCarron being a fantastic uh, safety blanket for him. I just don't think – and. With D'Angelo Williams, I know he's had a decent year, but I just don't think he would, even if he played in this game, I don't see him being able to penetrate that Bengals defensive line. I think they know what's on stake, at stake, and I think it's about time, right? <laughs> I'm going to agree with both of you here. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to take this game. Uh, there's a couple points for me in this, uh, but first I want to just talk about this matchup-wise. Um you know, you have this uh, high-powered Cincinnati offense. When when Andy Dalton's there, make no mistake that it is high-powered. They have, uh, you know, Hill, who's, you know, he did kind of take a step back this year, but he's still a good running back. Giovanni Bernard is their backup in their, you know, their guy in the passing game. A- A.J. Green, of course, Sanu, uh, and Dalton. They have great weapons across this offense. And then they're going up against a very porous uh, Pittsburgh Steelers defense. This defense is better than I think a lot of people thought they were, but they're still. Uh, this is not a good defense, and I, I think that Andy Dalton, is, when if he plays this weekend, is going to expose that. Uh, he's been playing. Uh, Dalton played excellent this season when he was healthy. He set career high marks and completion percentage and uh, total QBR. Uh, you know, had and uh, touchdown interception to touchdown ratio had. Uh, you know the best uh, season of his career, really. And I think that you're going to see him come back. I think that he's not going to be 100%, though. From what I've, everything I've heard, I think he's going to push it, though, and come back, which is a little a little intimidating, but Dalton's got so many weapons across that offense, and then Hugh Jackson's a mastermind of getting the ball into the playmaker's hands. If you look at the other side of the ball, uh, Pittsburgh does have a very high-powered offense. They will be without D'Angelo Williams, which definitely hurts I mean, you got to remember that D'Angelo's the backup running back with Le'Veon Bell uh, placed on season-ending IR earlier this season. So now they're going to go back to their third and fourth string running back now uh, and try to get to keep that running game to where it's been. But the passing game, I think, of course, is high-powered. You have Roethlisberger, who is, you know, I think in that second tier of quarterbacks. He's not elite level. He's not, you know, the Brady's, the... The Rodgers level, but he is at that second tier for sure, and might be the leader of that second tier to be honest. Uh, and then the best wide receiver in the game, Antonio Brown, out there. They have Martavius Bryant, they have Wheaton, they have weapons in that passing game. But you do have a very stingy uh, Cincinnati defense. They play well against the pass. Uh, that's like their bread and butter. They get a lot of pressure on there. They have outstanding secondary. Uh, they force teams into making bad mistakes. Uh, but I think that they, the Bengals are the better team in this, and I think they're going to end up winning matchup-wise. A couple things I wanted to bring up, though, in this game is Marvin Lewis is now 0-6 as a head coach in the playoffs. Uh, only Jim Mora uh, has a record that's that bad. So if he loses this game, he will be the worst head coach in playoff history because uh, he'll break the tie with Jim Mora. So I think he really wants to win this. Um you know, it's been a long time since the Cincinnati Bengals have won, uh, you know, in January. Uh, so it's, or this late in January, I should say. 
So the team is desperate to win this. They're playing at home, which is a big advantage. Uh, and then not having D'Angelo Williams is huge for this. And uh, another great point that Amos brought is Tyler Eifert's going to be back, and that guy's just been a touchdown machine when he's been on the field. So I'm going to take the Bengals, but I think this is going to be a tight game. And, you know, those divisional games are always so crazy. Uh, we're going to actually take a quick commercial break before we head into the Sunday matchups. Uh, you're listening uh, to the Free Parking Show here on Jock Journal Radio. Well, the boys are talking, and the show is really moving along. But we need to take a break before a fight breaks out. People end up in the hospital. Stay tuned. And we'll be right back now, you hear? <laughs> that boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. How would you love to generate a great income from the comfort of your home? Well, now you can. This amazing money-making home-based business is designed to give you time and freedom. Would your life change if you made $10,000 within 21 days and $20,000 plus every month thereafter? Sounds amazing, right? Anyone can do it, even you. Call 800-704-8681 and let their expert staff tell you all about this brand new business opportunity. Why wait? You have nothing to lose. We have the tools, training, resources, and community to help anyone get on the fast track to success. Call 800-704-8681. That's 800-704-8681. It's the easiest, most powerful home-based money-making system on the web. Call today and change your life. Kids, donate your car today. Also on the web at carsforkids.com. That's cars with a K. We're a recognized 501c3 charity organization, so you'll receive a maximum tax deduction. What's more, you'll receive a free vacation voucher of three days and two nights. One eight seven seven cars for kids. K A R S cars for kids. One eight seven seven cars for kids. Donate your car today. Are you looking for the web's best sports news? Visit jockjournal.com. Sports media has lost its touch. It seems that journalists are scared to report what they see for fear of losing access to the teams they cover. At jockjournal.com, you get inside info on the entire NFL community without all the politics or fears other writers have. That's jockjournal.com. When you need the NFL sports news, information, opinions, fantasy, football, or discussions, there's only one place to go and it's jockjournal.com okay the boys have settled down one has a beard in and the other has a steak on his eye well, why don't you give them a call and tell them what you think all right you're listening to the free parking show the wild card preview here as always we'd love to hear from you call in at four zero five five six two. 5463 or text in at 77948. We're going to head on to the next game here. The first game on Sunday will be the 6 seed, the Seattle Seahawks, 
taking on the three seed uh, Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota at 1.05 Eastern time. And uh, before we start, I wanted to bring up one thing that I saw today, that they're expecting uh, the weather forecast, they're expecting this game to be 20 below zero at kickoff. Uh, just frigid cold. <laughs> Peter, do you think that's going to have a factor? Do you think the Seahawks are going to be able to play in that kind of weather? You said negative 20 at kickoff. Did I hear that right? Negative 20, yes. Jesus Christ. You know, I've hiked... <laughs> uh, before I get into this, I hiked the top of Mount Washington when it was very cold and it was about negative... It was probably just about negative... Well, maybe a negative 10, I don't know. But negative 20 kickoff is going to be tough. Um, you know... I don't know if Seattle's going to be able to play in that kind of weather, or Minnesota for that matter, but that, that is dangerously cold. Um, that might change how I feel about this game, because I think when you look at the Seahawks, they've been throwing the ball pretty well as of late. Marshawn Lynch is coming back. I'm not sure how he's going to play in this game. So I might, I, you know what, I can't believe I'm going to do this. I'm going to say now, I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings to win this game because of that, because Adrian Peterson has played all season long. You look at Marshawn Lynch, I can't remember the last game he played. He's going to come back after injury in negative 20-degree weather. I'm not exactly sure how that's going to hold up for him. Um, so I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings in this one, and it's going to be a lot of running in this game. And I think Minnesota gets the edge here because they, they, they're they used to this colder weather. I'm sure they're going to be practicing in it all week. I'm sure, I'm sure that – and I'm not exactly sure if they practice it indoors or outdoors, but I'm thinking – because of how cold it will be, they probably practice outdoors to get prepared for this game. I'm going to take Minnesota. I don't think Seattle can can survive in that kind of environment. And that, and to anybody going to that game, if you're listening, please just dress warm and stay safe because that is no joke. And you know, it's going to be one of the. This might be one of the best playoff games ever played. Maybe the Ice Bowl 2.0. Who knows? But I'm taking Minnesota on this one. The cold weather in Minnesota's favor. Weather playing a huge factor for Peter. What do you say, Amos? I'm actually going to go with Seattle in this game. And I think it comes down to what Peter's talking about. It's, I think it's the running backs. Uh, excuse me, running backs. And I, I, Marshawn Lynch has been out, and he hasn't played in a while. I understand that. But if he's 100%, he's back, and he's healthy, and he's fresh, I think he's a much better running back in this game than Adrian Peterson, who has gone out a couple games with the injuries and come back to play. And I imagine those are probably still lingering a little bit, and that cold is going to affect whatever injuries either one of these guys have. And I think Lynch is just healthier. I like that offensive line, how they've been playing, how they've been able to you know, get off the ball and get that running game, get downfield and block. I trust Doug Baldwin and Russell Wilson, too, if they have to pass it, more than Teddy Bridgewater and anybody else on that team, besides maybe Kyle Rudolph, who they, they don't even throw to as it is. And I just I think Seattle has the edge in every aspect of this game, especially Tyler Lockett returning kickoffs and punts. I think special teams for them could be huge. I'm going to I'm gonna say that the Seahawks are going to win this game for a couple of reasons. First, uh, I'll talk about the weather since I brought it up. Um... The weather is going to play a factor, a factor in this game, of course, uh, being that cold. But I don't care where you live or who you are. You're not used to negative 20 degrees. That is so cold. That's unbelievably cold. Uh, I've been in negative 20 degree weather uh, skiing before, and it is miserably cold. Um, 
I don't. So I don't think that it's going to play a huge factor. I completely agree with both of you. You guys both touched on this that. Uh, in that kind of cold weather like that, it's hard to get a good grip on the ball. It's going to be very hard for these quarterbacks to pass it, so it's going to put a lot of pressure on the running game. Um, and I do think that the that the Vikings have the superior running game, but Seattle has a much better run defense uh, than the Vikings do. The Vikings' defense is definitely a, a pass-first defense. They're ready for the pass. They have a really great secondary up there in Minnesota. Uh, but they do do not defend the run very well. I think that uh, Seattle's going to be able to run the ball. And mind you, they do get Marshawn Lynch back, uh, but they also have Rawls, who has had a pretty good season this year, coming in as a backup. Uh, So I think that they're going to be able to use both of them in this game, uh, push the ball down the field. Uh, And then you also have Russell Wilson, uh, who can get in on the running game. Uh, with that read option, and they have, I think, just more options to go to at running back and with uh, the more mobile quarterback that they're going to be able to move the ball better down the field, um, and I, I think they're going to end up winning this game. It's going to come down to, you know, on, in the Vikings running game, Alciata gets a couple carries a game, but it's all on uh, Adrian Peterson. That's the like the only guy that they got back there that can run the ball uh, effectively or gets the amount of carries to run the ball effectively. Uh, and I think that this uh, Seahawks defense has shown that they play, will play the run, and they play stingy up front. You know, the Legion of Boom gets all the credit, but those guys that are up front are no joke, uh, and they have an absolutely great uh, front seven. So I think that they're going to be able to get it done. I think you're going to see a lot of Bruce Irvin and a lot of Michael Bennett in that backfield uh, and wrapping up Peterson in this game. But I'm excited to watch it, and just like Peter said, anybody going to this game, please stay safe. Uh, that is frigid cold. Uh, moving on to the last game here, the Green Bay Packers at the Washington Redskins. This is 4.40 Eastern time uh, on Sunday. Uh, what do you think? Uh, Redskins are the home team, Peter. Who do you think is going to win this game? I'm going to have to go with our boy Kirk Cousins. Do you like that? You know what I mean? Like I, I can't root against the Washington Redskins right now. They're too hot. Uh, they're playing at home against the Green Bay Packers who just I don't know what to make it Green Bay for now. They're so hot and cold, and I know we use that term a lot, but this team really has been up and down this season. Some games they look good, some games they don't. Um, and I, I don't trust Green Bay on the road or period in the playoffs right now. Uh, their offense, their offensive line has more holes than Swiss cheese. Uh, let's be honest, it, it's it's poor and pathetic. Uh, and then you look at their receivers can't get open at times. And I feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. He's getting pummeled on that offensive line. The defense has been... I don't even know what to make it for the defense. And you look at Washington, they've got all the weapons. They can run the ball. They can throw the ball. Uh, defensively, I think their defense has stepped up big time. Uh, and I, I really, really enjoy Kirk Cousins. I think I think Kirk Cousins is the first playoff win for Washington quarterback. And, and I can't remember the last time they even won a playoff game. And it, it's going to be interesting to watch. But I can't, I can't bet against the Washington Redskins at home, um, especially against the Green Bay Packers. I just can't. That is some uh, tall words there. What do you say, Amos? I'm actually going to agree. I think the Redskins are going to win this game as well. Now, I will say for Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers is a very, very good quarterback. I think at any time he can he can get the job done, especially using his legs, getting to Randall Cobb, James Jones, Richard Rodgers. I mean, they do have talent on that team, but I think the Redskins at home – have been playing very well there and 
with Alfred Morris having a couple good games the last couple weeks, maybe he's coming on. It's something they can use. Green Bay's defense has been gashed this year in the running game. And I think if they do that, that defense has to creep up and Deshaun Jackson gets open up behind all the secondary. I just I don't see a version where they can stop the run and the pass with Green Bay. I just I, I don't think they can handle what Washington has right now. I'm gonna disagree with both of you guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Green Bay Packers here. Uh, they have the experience. You know, this team has been uh, spent uh, every January, um, you know, playing football. While the Washington Redskins has haven't been to the playoffs in a while now. Um, they have the experience. They have the more experienced quarterback. You know, I love Kirk Cousins. I've been talking about how much I like this kid all season. I uh, really love the way that he's been playing. Uh, but, you know, Rodgers has been here before. He's done this before. Uh, I just think that they're going to end up getting the win. I think that they're the better team. Uh, and I think that you're going to see them come up with an answer for uh, the problems that they've had on their offensive line. Mike McCarthy's a very smart head coach, and that's why he's been doing this for so long. You don't get the coach for this long if you're bad at it. Um, so I think that they're going to end up getting the win. Uh, but I, I would like to see Kirk Cousins get the win. You know, I've been been loving up on this guy all year. Uh, I love the way that he's been playing. Real quick, before we end the show here, we're going to do our Super Bowl picks. Uh, who you think is going to end up in the Super Bowl, pick the two teams, um, and who you think is going to win. I'll start out here. I think it's going to be, and you guys will like this, I think it's going to be the Patriots representing the AFC. I think it's going to be Arizona representing the NFC. This is the part you won't like. Arizona is going to win that game. <laughs> Peter, what do you think? Um, I picked the Patriots over Arizona um, in the pre uh, before the season started, I believe. Um, I think it was before, just after the season started. And I'm going to take the same pick, New England over Arizona. Amos, yeah, actually, I mean, we all have the same people in the Super Bowl, the same teams, but we have only two of the same opinion. So I'm going to have to stick with Peter on this one. I think the Patriots get in there with Arizona, and I think they just come out on top. I think they find a way. I'm on a show with a bunch of homers over here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's all we have for you tonight. Uh, Thanks for listening in. This is the Free Parking Show. We'll be back tomorrow night, same time, same place. Um, And right after us right now comes the the Nash and Matt show. Jeez, if I could speak. Uh, And then after that, the stretch for all you baseball fans. Thanks for listening in. Well, there you have it. The boys were at it again. We hope you enjoyed tonight's broadcast. We hope you had a good night and stay right where you are. Another show is coming up. Y'all come back now, you hear?